Our lectionary psalm this morning is from Psalm 45 through 10 from the Passion Translation. O Lord our God, no one can compare with you. Such wonderful works and miracles are all found with you. And you think of us all the time with your countless expressions of love, far exceeding our expectations. It's not sacrifices that really move your heart. Burnt offerings, sin offerings, those aren't what bring you joy. But when you open my ears and speak to me, I become your willing servant, your prisoner of love for life. So I said, here I am. I am coming to you as a sacrifice, for in the prophetic scrolls of your book you have written about me. I delight to fulfill your will, my God, for your living words are written upon the pages of my heart. I tell everyone everywhere the truth of your righteousness, and you know I haven't held back in telling the message to all. I don't keep it a secret, and I don't hide the truth. I preach of your faithfulness and kindness, proclaiming your extravagant love to the largest crowd I can find. So we've asked four different people to come and share a little bit about their uh, thoughts about Imago, and the first people that are going to come up are Renee and Billy Miller. They've been here from the beginning. They were here the second Sunday. Yeah, you want everybody to come up? Yes, I'm sorry, Vicki. Everybody come on up. Vicky, Vicky's making the rules, so y'all got to do it whether you... I'm teasing. I'm teasing. That does make sense, Vicki. I'm sorry. I was just picking on you. All right, Renee and Billy. Hello. Um, am I on? So I am Billy Miller. Renee and I have been here since the second Sunday the church was in existence. We were at a uh, wedding in Arizona the first Sunday, otherwise we would have been here. And uh, this, is a, this is a really beautiful community for us. We've loved being here. Renee will get into some of uh, how the church has changed over the years. One of the things I wanted to touch on is why are we still here? And I'll start with a little story. So 20-something years ago, um, I was at a different church in Peoria, long before I met Renee, and I was heavily involved in that church. Being young, you know, in my 20s, I was on a week-long road trip, went over to Cincinnati, met up with some friends, of course, ride roller coasters at Kings Island, and um, those friends were uh, church shopping, and so ended up going to church with them on that Sunday, last day of the road trip. I got out my only clean shirt, which was this Hard Rock Cafe shirt that had this dragon design on the back of it. Think of what like a rock star would get tattooed on their arm kind of dragon, okay? <laughs> so we go to this church that none, none of them had ever been to. We walk in and we quickly determine this is an extremely conservative Southern Baptist church. Everyone is all dressed up and everyone is staring at me. <laughs> Very awkward. And I thought to myself, this, this isn't how churches should be. You, you shouldn't go in and see people staring at you simply because of the shirt you're wearing. They didn't know anything about me. They didn't know that I was heavily involved in my own church. I'm just here visiting. And I just kept thinking to myself, this isn't how it should be. It should be come as you are. All are welcome. That is what I love about Imago. We, we embody that. We look at the image of God in everybody who walks through those doors. We don't judge books by covers here. We're more concerned with that content in the book. 
And I just absolutely love that about Imago, and that's one of the big things that's kept me here. It, it, we, we definitely don't judge. I mean, I intentionally wore this shirt this morning for those of you who recognize it, Ravenclaw, Keeper, Harry Potter. There are some churches that if I walked in with this, he'd be like, would you mind just keeping your coat on? <laughs> you know? But I'm, I'm up here speaking in this. And that, that's, to me, that's just an illustration of how much we, we love people, and we, we really want you to come as you are, and we care about you. I'll turn it over to Renee. So um, since we've been here for almost 15 years now, um, it, we know that things have gone through a lot of changes. And I, if I'm honest, I would say that like the very beginning when we came, we knew some of the people who were involved with the launch team, but we weren't heavily involved with that. And we just kind of came and worked sort of consumer church. We'd come in and then we'd, we'd leave. So what it was like back then, I don't remember a ton of what that was. But I do know that, that there was a... Um, there was a foundation that was set here that, that are we switching? Yep. Okay. We're switching. Was laid here. I'm, well, hopefully it will turn on. Um, I'll just talk loud until, I, until we do. Um, the foundation that was laid here was good. Um, I remember that there were times when I went to church and I was very proud of the fact or very thought it was very odd that we had this church where 25% of the congregation was eight and under like it was a very different church in terms of what we are now it was very homogeneous we were all sort of similar and because of that um, we I think we were just sort of learning how to love the least of us and the, but the foundation was set in the directives and the way that the the church was put together that allowed space for that and even though there are not as many people here now who were there then there oh there we are um are that um connection that was that was laid um, I think helps us now and I think about that as we go forward in the future um, the people who are here now all of us here together we are laying something together that will be for the future years of our church um, none of us are perfect we don't see we don't see other people the same way that we maybe need to all the time but we're learning I remember um, there was, because so many people in the church back then were um, young families and they were, you know, growing families, there was sort of this joke on Mother's Day, okay, who's going to announce they're pregnant? And that was just sort of this joke that went around. But as time has gone on, we've started to see Mother's Day and Father's Day even as something different because not only is it a time for um, maybe people to announce their children and to celebrate that, but, like, there are people who struggle with mothering. There are people who don't want to mother. There are people who... We don't want a parent. There's people who struggle with their own mothers and fathers. And so our ability to see where people are at and where people are coming from, I think, has grown over the years. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I sort of struggle about whether or not to, to compare sort of the foundation of the church with, like, something political. But I'm going to go, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so you know how, like, our country is not completely perfect by any means, and the way that it started is not completely perfect, and there was a lot of oppression in the way that our, our country started. But they wrote a constitution, and the people who wrote that constitution are not, were imperfect and didn't see the world perfectly, but maybe what they started was something that we can build off of. And I think that maybe in some sort of small way that's similar to the way churches, the way that, that we started with a place that questions can be asked, that community is important, that process is important, that we allow all the beliefs in that foundation, even though it shifted in the way that it looks, in the way that we've interpreted over the years, I think that that is meaningful. And maybe that God uses those things that start um, 
those seeds that we started, like Melinda was talking about last week with, with King Cyrus, like King Cyrus was not in God's family. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know him personally, but he had, he had, he had ideas. God used whatever he was doing for good. And that I'm just hopeful that we can do that just like we always have at this church and that we would continue forward, even though there are ways in which we can, we can still grow. One other thing I'll mention about the early days of the church. Renee mentioned that there was a significant population of the church that was under the age of eight. I also remember during those early days, there was a small group that had people over 40 in it, and they referred to themselves as a geriatric group. And looking out at the church now and seeing lots of people over 40, that's another way that I've seen the church grow and kind of grow into these other demographics that weren't there when the church launched. And we're proud to be part of that geriatric group. We love it. Well, I'm not there yet. Um, <laughs> so for those of you who may not know, my name is JJ. Uh, you might remember me from such Sundays as last one where I was up on stage doing something, uh, other things. I, I've been here for four years now, started coming in early 2019. Uh, fun fact, the same Sunday that Josh started as the minister here. So I've been here since then and been doing stuff. Um, I, I do a lot here at the church. I, as I mentioned, I'm up on stage, I sing, I play guitar, um, I do a lot of stuff, lead, uh, but I also do stuff in the back. I work tech booth, uh, did a lot of the design for that stuff, work the cameras, and I do a lot of things here, uh, and that's, that's part of why I'm still here, is I get to do stuff. So let me back up a bit, though, and say uh, where I came from before here. Uh, if you don't know, I actually went to school to do like all this. I have degrees in worship ministry and being a worship minister at a church. That is what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, life changes, uh, turns out that doesn't pay very well, and student loans like you to pay them back. They very much like that. So I'm, I'm in a different field now. That's completely unrelated, but that's, it's fun. Um, and for a long time, I was at a church in the community I was going to school in and was able to do a lot of the same things. I was able to be that guy who could be up on stage on a Sunday morning, help with all the stuff, I wasn't the guy, but I could help with it, and it, I could use my skills and talents there. And then through a series of unfortunate events, I had a falling out with that church and just had to leave um, for, a, for a lot of reasons, too many to go into right now. And in that pause that I took, I actually shifted from a, a non-denominational Christian church to high to Episcopal. I went to the Episcopal church for like three and a half years, four years. And I loved it. I still love going to the Episcopal Church. I still love the liturgies and everything that is involved with that much history on a Sunday morning. But over those three years, I, I, I fell into this whole, okay, I can only really do a small fraction of what I'm able to do on a Sunday morning. Yes, I can get more involved, but that involvement is I can be, some, I can be an usher. I can be someone who hands out the the elements on a Sunday. I I should know the name. I forget the name of who that is. Um, but like my involvement could be very limited, and it wasn't fulfilling me in the ways that I really wanted it to fulfill me. So um, when I moved up here in 2017, I did some church shopping. Still wound up here at the Episcopal Church, actually St. Paul's here in Peoria for a good while. And then because of a job, I had to work seconds. No, first shifts on Sunday morning. So I actually couldn't go to church for a while. And during that time, just 
Like, what can, I do, what can I see online? What churches were available for me to stream online? Amaga was one of them. Uh, and weirdly enough, if you, for those of you who have been here a short amount of time, you don't know Dustin Haidt. Uh, I always thought that Dustin and I had looked pretty similar, and that was part of what drove me here, because we were both tall and lanky and just weird. Okay. Uh, but, <laughs> so I started watching Amago online way before any of the streaming was commonplace, and then started attending here, and like I said, I've been here since 2019, and I stayed because this is a community, one, that I didn't have disagreements. Part of why I left the church before is they were trying very much to say, gay marriage bad, we don't want it, the state's gonna tell us we're gonna have to do it, so we're gonna change our bylaws to say they can't tell us to make us do that, which just sat wrong with me when a church was saying, we're gonna change who we are because of the law. Like that, it didn't feel right. And there were some other things on top of that, but it just, it never felt right. So to come to a place here where they're, it's open and it's, as the Millers just shared, it, it's non-judgmental. They're not, we're not going to push you away for believing that. Um, one of the things that also has kept me here is someone like Vicki and Brian, who's not here today, who have put so much time and energy and effort into a spiritual formation program for this church. So many, the churches I've been to in the past, we've tried to do that, but they've always failed because either time, energy, people just not interested. So I'm appreciative of someone like Vicki who has the time and energy and the desire to feed that into a community like this and to keep that going. So that's why I'm here and why I'm staying is I still believe there's ta my talents can be beneficial to this church. Um, there might be times where I don't have the mental capacity, but um, I still think what I can do here to help um, is good. And I think this community as a whole is a good place to be. Uh, I've, I've looked at other places here in Peoria and like Billy said, there, there's a lot of conservative just, you have to believe exactly what we would believe to be here and I don't get that. Um, as you might have uh, seen a couple months ago, Mandy and I had that conversation actually a while ago where she and I pretty much disagree on everything, yet we're still here, we still talk to each other, uh, and we still enjoy each other's company. And that's kind of the vibe I get from Amago as a whole. We might not agree with you, you might not agree with us, but hey, you're still welcome here. So. Hi, I'm Emily. Um, I've been here for about five years. And uh, when Vicki asked me to speak, she asked me to tell a story this Sunday, and I didn't answer her for a few days because I couldn't think of a story um, that made sense. So when I saw her next, she said, just tell us why you're here. And I realized that the reason I'm at Imago isn't a story, but it's a lot of little moments that um, either are consistent with the ways that I've experienced God or um, in which people show up in the way that I think community should. Um, and so I, I thought about those, and I thought about the first Sunday that I came where I had intended to just be a fly on the wall, right? I didn't intend to interact, I just wanted to kind of observe. But during the seven minutes, someone came over to me um, and spoke to me for the full seven minutes. And so most of you probably know that I am bad at small talk. Like I, strangers have a hard time talking to me and breaking the ice. And so for this person to do that, it was really, um, they had to be willing to sit in some discomfort. And not only <laughs> did they do that, but they did it again the next week. Um, and so that was really, 
I felt very kind and, and a little brave, and I appreciated that. Um, and then I thought about um, when one of the co-pastors asked me to volunteer for the first time and asked me to help lead the youth Sunday school class. And I gave them a whole litany of reasons why I was the wrong person for that job. Things like I was angry at the church and I was angry at myself for previously teaching young people really toxic theology and um, that I had really sometimes no idea what I believed and a lot of doubts. And I then came to realize that those things weren't liabilities here, um, but were seen as assets. And then in being able to lead that Sunday school group, I got to know some really amazing young people um, who were intelligent and funny and creative. And I loved that because they grew up in Imago, they didn't have the right answers about Jesus or about the Bible, but they knew how to ask the right questions. Um, and that was really surprising to me because I hadn't seen that before. Um, and I thought about um, moments at Breakfast Club, not only when we came every week and whether we were serving 70 people or 120, we just had enough, right? Like there was always extra food that showed up or extra people that showed up. Um, and I thought about the one week when one of our guests asked if they could use a mug instead of a styrofoam cup. We had mugs hanging on the wall back there and we said, yeah, sure. And they came up afterwards and with tears in their eyes thanked us because it was so comforting for them to be able to hold a real ceramic mug because as they were experiencing being homeless, all of their meals came in paper goods. Um, and I've thought about the hundreds of moments in which through suppers for six or small groups or coffee dates or formation communities, the people of this community just show up with such authenticity and such vulnerability, and it makes it so easy to see God in that. Um, and so I am so grateful for all of those hundreds of moments that are consequential, not because of the things that happened, but because of the way they made me feel. And I'm so grateful to this community. Good morning, I'm Jen, my pronouns are she, her, and I am one of the newer members of Imago, and I would wager that um, I'm also one of the newest people to having a faith community, because I didn't grow up with it. I don't have that history to draw on that many of you do. Um, so why am I here? Um, I'm here because I like the way you all treat each other and the way you treat me. I like being able to really explore things. I've spent my whole life you know, challenging my parents, my teachers. I like that this is a place where we're not asked to just take things on account of because, because someone says so. Um, it reminds me of my best memories of studying literature and really being challenged to think more deeply. I like that I'm welcomed here just as I am, and at the same time that I'm invited and encouraged to continue to grow into the best version of myself. I like that I feel my father's presence here, and I don't mean that with a capital F. I lost my father two years ago, and I feel his presence here, and that means a lot to me. Um, this is one of the most light and life-filled places I have ever been. Um, 
I'm here because you all make me believe in the idea that they shall be known by their love. And I feel loved here.